Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. If you like to think of data as the new oil, then you can think of us, well, like Car Talk, because we focus on where the rubber meets the virtual road. And with me on this everlasting, wonderful road trip down the information superhighway is my brother from another mother, Andy Leonard. How's it going, Andy? Hey, Frank, it's going really well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Lots of stuff going on. And yeah, for so I heard. Loyal listeners who, who are probably <laughs> wondering what happened to our regular cadence of shows. Uh, my mom passed away uh, in, in November. Yeah. Uh, I have two kids that have two December birthdays. Uh, we've also lost two of our dogs um, to old age. And um, this is not turning into a country western song, I promise. <laughs> um that's funny but um yeah so and then we are in the in the early stages of moving to another house in maryland so i don't think i've announced that publicly anywhere else so our listeners will be among the first an exclusive right here an exclusive on data driven one of those like crazy graphics that come in breaking news yeah we need that um for this and so many other things uh, just so and if you've been a loyal listener we're, we're on what season five now season five this will be yeah. two, show number 297 or 298 just crazy right so y'all already know this if you've been listening and if you're new welcome december is all, always a wash so right. it just is. I mean, it's there's enough going on with holidays and family gatherings and stuff like that. So this past December was just more of a wash than normal because Frank had stuff to deal with with his family before and then stuff after. And we've actually gotten into hay fever season, which is just I don't know how this is working on our guests. Well, this maybe we'll add this as question zero. How are your allergies? But Frank and I are both getting hammered. Like I had flu-like symptoms over the weekend. I know I I always I know I sound funny anyway, but I sound mm-hmm. more funny, funnier. Well, the other day I sounded extra Jersey because I had like the Godfather voice. You did, yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah. And you heard me on the stream because I I got a, yeah. a mask off Amazon, and uh, it's like a. It's a it's an N95 mask, but it's mostly for like pollen. Yeah. So like I, I think I started I sound like Bane in it. So I had a little fun with that on a live stream. Like uh, uh, Hello, I it doesn't it. matter who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Lavinian, so, ladies and gentlemen. Frank yeah. So um, um, you're doing okay now. You had a bout with allergies the past couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, we had a deep freeze here. Um, so that does kind of make it better. Although I, I did have to go to urgent care. So I'm on like four different medicines just to, to stay functional. Like I'd never had an allergy attack like this. I think maybe when I was like in first grade, like it's been like, yeah. So it's, it's, it's crazy. We had a fairly deep freeze for the end of March here. It got mm-hmm. down to, according to the Andy weather instruments over here at my little weather station, it got down to 20.7 Fahrenheit. That's wow. that's chilly anytime, but you know, in spring For this time of year, that's not spring. It's yeah. fall spring as they call it. No, it was well, the end of one of the fall springs. One of the fall springs. I think our guest is somewhere in the Pacific time zone. Are I you? believe the Bay area. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's the weather like out there, Pradeep? Yeah, it's nice. Um, it's a little uh, breezy today. It's a little bit gray. 
but um, okay. yeah, just the way I like it. In California, it's very much on cruise control, so <laughs> it doesn't change much. But um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I um, weather's uh, not a thing people move to the East Coast for. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but um, so that's awesome. So our guest uh, on this show is Pratik Joshi, uh, the founder and CEO of Pluto Shift. He is an author of 13 books, um, which I think puts him on par with Andy's uh, double-digit uh, book count. Uh, <laughs> see how see how I definitely and diplomatically handled that. We had a little chat in the... Uh, Wove that right in. Just flew uh, it right in. I love it. <laughs> uh, his books are on machine learning, and his blog has readership in over 200 companies, countries. Um, he's been featured on Forbes, CNBC, TechCrunch, and Bloomberg. He's a speaker wow. at such conferences as TEDx, Global Big Data Conference, and Machine Learning Developers Conference. You can visit him at pratikj.com to learn more about him. Welcome to the show. Hey, Frank and Andy, thank you so much for having me. No problem, no problem. So so um, I think Andy has 13 or 14 books, depending on how you count them. Um, yeah. So we had a little bit of joke 13. on there, but, you know, we'll it's still... It, yeah, we'll call it 13. So I'm the slacker <laughs> here with just, like, one published book. So It's okay, man. You know, it's like when you break that ice, you're there. Right. I still right. have the title. You're, you're either published. It's a Boolean. You're either right. published or you're not. It's a classification. See, that's it. I just exhausted my machine learning knowledge. <laughs> Andy beat me to the punch on that one, and now I have nothing to say, nothing clever. So I'll say something, something pedestrian. Let me think of something. Frank, why don't you talk? <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk. Um, so... Um, uh, in, in the process of all this, like one of the things that we, we, we still are struggling with. So if you, you know, so the, the automated system I wrote that kind of ties in with Calendly, um, that actually messes up time zones of all the things. Uh, so like we had to schedule this twice today because it was like, well, wait a minute, like 11 AM who's time. So we are looking to right. fix that. Uh, I actually, since I do have the 365 tenant, there is something called bookings, which I might switch to, which. I should be able okay. to tie that into that, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, and if you're, well, I don't know if we're watching the video, but there's dogs around here because the contractor guy is upstairs and otherwise they they would just be barking like crazy. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, uh, Pluto shift. Pluto shift is a data platform to monitor physical infrastructure. And it's for companies that make physical goods like ketchup and cheese and bottles. The goal really is to enable companies to reduce resource consumption, such as energy and chemicals and water. And uh, this has a nice effect on not just the cost, but also their carbon footprint. And uh, they get to meet their sustainability goals for the year. So that's what we are building at Pluto Shift. Now, that's very interesting to me. So in a former career, back when the years began with a one, um, I was doing uh, systems control and data acquisition, SCADA. I was actually redesigning mostly, uh, building a few from scratch, electrical control systems for manufacturing. 
And I worked with uh, human machine interface software, HMI and PLCs, which are kind of one step down in the control systems. So I, I get a little bit about what you're saying. Um, there's always some supply chain in there. There's some um, CRM uh, in there. And I'm trying to think of the other manufacturing execution systems, MES yeah. Yeah. stuff in there. Yeah, there's just a lot of really cool stuff in there. And, you know, I see this now uh, through my ventures out there. I see um, just more of it happening, which... It seemed to me the past few years, it just didn't, I mean, granted, we were distracted a lot for the past couple of years, but the past few years, even a couple of years before that, it didn't seem to be that much going on, at least not stuff I was aware of. Maybe it was just me, but it's, man, is it going like gangbusters now? Yeah, and one of the key trends that is kind of helping is over the last eight to 10 years, data collection has been commoditized. Meaning, you know, as you said, like 20 years ago, the sensors and the hardware to collect data, like basic data, like temperature and pressure, it was bulky, it was expensive, it's not connected to the internet, wireless was, you know, still, you know, way, way far away. So what happened in the last eight to 10 years is big companies came along, they built inexpensive hardware to collect massive amounts of data. So now big manufacturers at least have a lot of data flowing in wirelessly to their cloud databases. Now the next step is how do we put that data to use? Meaning what can we do that can provide ROI today and not you know 10 years from now? So thinking in that direction uh, was the first kind of uh, big kind of key learning is all of the data is being collected. We can access it remotely. COVID kind of accelerated that need. Nobody can meet in person. They cannot go into the facility, but they still have to know how the site or the facility is doing. So remote monitoring is kind of became really important. And uh, that was like our way in to show the value of what we are building. It, it is interesting, the unintended consequences of COVID that we're seeing and, you know, kind of some of the other things like, for instance, SCADA was probably not a household word, probably still isn't a household word, but until the colonial pipeline hack, um, you know, I never, I, I think only on like one or two conversations with Andy did I encounter the phrase SCADA. So as I'm waiting in line for gas, it became painfully aware. <laughs> of SCADA and its uh, vulnerabilities, apparently. Yeah, and we work with SCADA quite a bit. And also, just speaking in terms of the interaction that we have with systems, SCADA plays a, a very central role. And uh, it's just the, the way SCADA systems are built that's being changed, meaning 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and now they're more sophisticated, they're more connected, less expensive. But net-net, SCADA is still very much at the heart of it. Like if you go across all the manufacturers, SCADA is, is there. And uh, yeah, you're right. It, it, it's kind of if you use old uh, technology, then you're very vulnerable to, to hacking. And, and also not just that, you have installed the SCADA system, but 
nobody's using it because nobody can access the data or they can but you gotta get on a flight and go to that airport and then drive 70 miles just to get some basic temperature data because you gotta be on site so yeah SCADA is um yeah obviously i got to learn a lot about SCADA over the last two years because of what we're building but yeah it's uh it's, it's very interesting well how's pluto soft doing i mean are you guys growing yeah, we are. We started off by um, by building this for the initial few customers, and then we now actively serve Fortune 500 companies. We have we're engaged in multi-year contracts with them, and uh, yeah, we are we are we are growing. Excellent. Very cool. Um, so. What's the, I, I, I can imagine, but I, I'd like to hear kind of your thought. There's obviously a machine learning play here, right? And given that you've written books on machine learning, um, you know, what's what's the play here? I mean, is this a, I see IoT, and I'm sure I've all tortured the audience with this phrase before. This is a whole other thread, but it's basically the S in IoT stands for security. And... Um, <laughs> You know, but but I mean, obviously, there's a security aspect to it. And given kind of current world events, I've been saying if you if anyone tunes into my live stream or my blog, is that the front line now is is as near as your phone or internet connected device, which is probably never outside of rarely outside of arm's reach. I think that there that there's some some definite kind of um, concerns there. Um, but I also think that there's I see IoT largely aside from second only to its um, security footprint problems uh <laughs> it is a data collection mechanism i mean is that a, is that a fair way to see it yeah i think uh that's one of the biggest outcomes of the iot ecosystem or all the work around it is data collection has become very mature clean nice and uh, commoditized which kind of helps the broader ecosystem embrace it because in the past if it's very one-off or on the fringes, you don't want to do it. You don't want to be like the, the, you don't want to risk your food products because it's regulated. You don't want to accidentally do something that, you know, kills people, which is, so that's why highly regulated industries need very robust, secure, and uh, well-tested technologies. So yeah, I, I would say all of this has led to more companies embracing IoT as a data collection mechanism. And obviously IoT can do a lot, but yes, data collection has been a big outcome. And I mean, next to that, second to that, and this is probably, I think, speaks to your expertise is the machine learning because ML, AI, whatever, whatever buzzword it is now, is only as good as the data that you get from it. And I mean, are you seeing kind of is that part of the ROI story? It's not just remote sensing. It's not just remote, uh, not remote viewing. That's something completely else, <laughs> like, like a psychic <laughs> phenomena. Uh, but I mean, like remote sensing um, of uh, of this. I mean, is it is it really mm -hmm. like, you know, if I make a food product, um, you know, I want to make sure that you know, if I if I bake the whatever it is at like exactly this temperature and it goes through the slicer at exactly that temperature. I can maximize my output. Is it is that the type of thing is um, that you see? Yeah, I think the when it comes to implementing machine learning systems, 
I think the the lowest hanging fruit is take processes that are repetitive and uh, can be automated and automate them. And the outcome is something simple like, let's say you have you know 200 membranes in series and parallel, all of them are cleaning water. And suddenly because one of the membranes is blocky, it starts sucking up like 5x more electricity. Now, if nobody knows, that's going to go on for weeks and months, right? So simple, an ML system can say, okay, membrane number 73 is starting to eat up like 5x more electricity because it's kind of blocky. So you go there, you press a button, you clean it, or you send it somewhere to get, get it clean, and boom, that's that's a very good, reasonable, practical outcome that a machine learning system uh, has enabled now. So that's an example of how you can use it on a, on a day-to-day basis to drive uh, ROI. Interesting. I mean, that, and, and I also, I think that also speaks to the sustainability goals, right? Because you're, you're not consuming that that uh, energy, then there, that hits sustainability. But I also think in, in this crazy kind of um, resources are going to cost more. Like we, we you know, no matter what we do, we're kind of in the middle of an inflationary cycle. If I don't have to, if I don't have to burn it, use it, spend it, <laughs> you know, um, that can pass that savings along to my customer base and report and and remain profitable. I mean, is that something you're seeing too? Kind of this uncertainty, kind of driving the uh, the desire for this. Definitely, and uh, anything they can do to make better use of the resources available, they'll do it. And it, so, what that usually means is. Okay, we have already allocated you know ten million dollars this year to buy electricity. I would rather spend it and make more catch up, right? That's like basically increasing the top line. That's the most common way companies look at it. When it's time to save money, like cost cutting, what they say is that, okay, I gotta maintain my throughput at this much catch up per day. Uh, help me use as little as possible. like electricity, chemicals, water, whatever, resources I got to use help me minimize it because that's going to directly go into our bottom line. But net-net, yeah, output per unit of input resource is how our companies look at it, and that's the metric that gets optimized. Yeah, it's very interesting. If um, if you dig into a lot of these concepts, they're these very small and relatively simple little building blocks that turn in to these huge cost savings which can add both profitability and throughput, you know, to the systems. There's a a popular, um, you know, the, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, but there's a popular concept is probably the best way to say it in processes called hysteresis. And when you think about the screen you mentioned earlier, you know, screen 73 is is not being, you know, it's taking five times as much energy to to do its process. Which what I thought of was, you know, my days back back when I was a, a plant electrician doing maintenance, it, it may have taken you. You said weeks. It may have taken weeks to find that. And you weren't wrong about that. That's not an exaggeration. If you're relying on a visual inspection to go and do that and you've got 200 of these, it may take, in fact, weeks, if not longer to identify that 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 screen isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing, whereas if you can put a $4 device now, you know, an IOT. Uh, and, and back when I was doing plant maintenance, by the way, these machines, the, the amount of computing that the $4 uh, 
uh, IoT device can do today, that would cost you thousands back then. You can stick that on that screen. You can measure the output. You can measure the amperage that's being drawn and how much current's being sent through that. And you can know almost immediately. And that the idea of hysteresis is something happens and then time passes and then you correct it. And it's usually drawn on a graph as kind of a rectangle of getting back to normal, whatever normal is considered. If you can reduce the amount of time it's drawing too much current or whatever the problem is, if you can reduce the time between diagnosing that and fixing it, that is a great way to drive top line, uh, you, you know, to, in throughput or, you know, what you mentioned, quality, throughput, profit. It's just a number yeah. of ways to do that. And it sounds like this dumb little thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you add up enough of those. And before you know it, you know, it's showing up in significant figures. Yeah, it's almost um, like using machine learning to be a co-pilot, meaning it works best when humans use it to augment their decision making. And in this case, you're not like uh, implementing an ML system and you're like, goodbye, I'll see you next year. No, it's you still have to do the job, but ML is going to help you identify, okay, you don't need to go through all 200 of these membranes. Right. Uh, just go to membrane number 73, just look at it, and you'll know what's happening. So it's uh, it's these little wins that you know, put together, it's going to, that's like, that's where the real ROI is happening today. Well, and what I love about what you're talking about, when you plug this into formulas that were developed, what, in the 40s? By, um, you know, uh, the, um, gosh, his name flew out of my head, the quality guy. Um, Deming. The, yeah, Deming. Yeah, Edwards Deming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the SPC guy. He he did the math. So we were going around thirty years ago, basically doing the recording of the readings and such. And now we can automate that piece. And so not only do we get faster access to predictive analytics that are going to say, you know. We need, we've been thinking we need to change this filter every six months. Maybe we ought to do it every five and a half months. And it can do the math so super fast that it can tell us how much we're going to save. Yes, it's going to cost more because we're going to be putting it in two weeks faster every time. But we can do the math and figure out how much money we're going to save when we offset that with the amount of time it takes to react and sort of be proactive uh, in these solutions. I just find it amazing. And that is what machine learning does, hands down. You know, and you combine that with the automated collection uh, of those metrics. I, 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 you know, I'd love to just kind of hang out and watch what y'all do. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> no, engineering it's, it's, me gets it's all definitely giggly. cool. No, like it's definitely cool because I think it's, it's you know, it's again like, you know, I, I would, if I wasn't on so many allergy medicines, I would say them far more profoundly. But basically, I think one of the most <laughs> underrated law powers in the universe is unintended consequences, right? You know, cheaper right. hardware. You know, I mean yeah. that. I mean, I saw an ad today for apparently there's a new class of Arduino chip, and it. I I, I can't say this assert, you know, for certainty, but I'm guessing it had way more power than NASA had to get people on the moon, right? <laughs> And it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's like $35, you know what I mean? Like, and, and right. 
it's just it just blows my mind if you look at like what the raspberry pi 4 is capable of doing and that rates around you know 40 us dollars i mean depending on what you get with it but i mean just just the fact you can do this and you know tying in the predictive maintenance tying in the um the cost of um of hardware um tying in the cost of hardware and whatnot like it just it just makes these scenarios far more economically feasible yeah and then being able to add on top of that the AI, the machine learning, and and all of the things you and and others are doing, like at at Pluto Soft, I just uh, sorry Pluto Shift, I said it wrong. Pluto Shift, say that again. Frank, uh, <laughs> Frank, delete me saying stupid things. No, well, it's okay. I say stupid mind, things all the time, dude. But uh, the first but I question, yeah, I was gonna make a joke about like, did you ch- did you feel the like, what was it like to when they made Pluto, unmade Pluto a planet? Was that a problem or no? <laughs> oh, we actually, we had um, quite a bit of, a uh, lot of conversations around that. And I grew up with Pluto as a planet, right? I mean, so, they can say whatever they want to say. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a planet. And uh, also, I think when we named Pluto Shift, it was a little bit of an homage to uh, the now ex-planet. But um, yeah, I think more than anything, Pluto is the homage. Shift refers to an operator shift like at a facility. And uh, more than anything, the dot-com was available. The rest is just story we built to justify it. But basically, PlutoShift.com was available so it's easy to say easy to pronounce we'll just you know, go for it so fair enough i i was just i also i also like the idea because you know pluto is as far as we know the most remote planet so like you you know i i think i, I don't know maybe you weren't going there maybe i was maybe it's the allergy meds i'm in a different planet but myself <laughs> but um but no i i, I it's a cool name it, it definitely sticks with you thank you yeah i like it so we have some questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that you're okay with this. I think we sent them to you ahead of time. I think Frank's yeah. got that automation down. So <laughs> our very first one is how did you find uh, data? Did data find you or did you find data? For as long as I can remember, I've always uh, loved mathematics. Like that was the one thing I was good at when I was a kid. And uh, didn't stop me from trying other things, but that was the one thing I enjoyed. So from there, it went from, you know, from mathematics to any field where mathematics can give you leverage, like an upper hand. So it went from there to signal processing, to data, to machine learning. So yeah, so that's the that's how I found data. And uh, in some sense, I would say data found me as well, because we get along really well. It kind of, it, it helps me make sense of the world. Very cool. Awesome. Um, our next question, what is your favorite part of your current gig? Building with uh, rapid experimentation. So what happens is when you're um, a startup, you get to build fast, you get to see the results really quick, you experiment, you learn, and then you go back to building. So that that loop is very exciting. And I like seeing things, whatever we build, I like seeing things come out, like come alive, and uh, that's, the, that's the best part. Outstanding. So we have three complete the sentence. 
And uh, the very first one is, when I'm not working, I enjoy blank. Creating learning material. It could be, yeah, it could be writing books or writing a newsletter or just talking on a podcast or just be a sounding board for a friend uh, on a coffee or, or a beer, right? So that's, I think, uh, you know, if you look at my spare time, that's what I end up doing the most. Very cool. Cool. Uh, the next complete the sentence is, uh, I think the coolest thing in technology today is machine learning being infused into like everyday products could be as simple as unlocking your iPhone with your face or Gmail auto completing your sentences or Netflix recommending you content so that you never ever get away from your TV. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's just ML finally becoming part of our daily life but that's that's exciting to me that is a good point like you know so in and when i switched jobs um i had to give up my iphone 12 that was the company phone and at first i didn't think i would like just looking at my phone and unlocking it and now that i don't have that it's kind of like it it, it it like you said like ml becoming part of our daily lives if you if you could undo that there's a lot of little niceties that like Netflix recommending shows you'll like, or um, I'm st I, when I first saw Outlook has this now too, as well as Gmail, where it recommends kind of what you should type. And at first that annoyed me, but now if it doesn't show up, I'm annoyed. It's just funny <laughs> how quickly we adapt yeah. to, to new to new technology. That is that is super cool. So our last complete this sentence. I look forward today to the day when I can use technology to blank. To travel from one end of the world to the other end in minutes. And again, this kind of ties to hypersonic transport. What it's at least you know, the promise of uh, that is it'll get you from one place to another really, really fast. And and kind of, I, I love traveling, but don't like sitting in flights, airports, trains, cars. So I would say most of my life's goals and ambitions are based on speeding things up. And uh, this is yeah. this. I would love to see this uh, come to life one day. So I've got a follow up to that because I I used to travel a lot. None of us have traveled much in the past couple of years, but um. And I'll, I grew up kind of, you know, and we never thought of, you know, leaving the state was a big deal. Okay. When I, when I was young and I've been all over the world and it's just a, a blessed existence, but I've gotten to the point where it's like, people ask me, don't you love, you get to go travel and stuff. And if I'm being honest, I have to say, no, I enjoy being new places, especially new places, places I've never been. And I enjoy going back to places, you know, that I've been before that I've really enjoyed. But traveling, and I, I have not traveled, uh, I have not flown since the pandemic started. Um, I can't imagine what that's like. I'm going to find out pretty soon. But I did, I'm how do you? <laughs> that's right, tomorrow. Um, that's right. I, my first, it, it's not the first time I've flown since the pandemic. It'll be the second time. Yeah. And the other time was for kind of leisure travel. Gotcha. And um, but this will be my first business trip. But like you, Pratik, um, I'm in the D.C. area. I'm just going to New York. I'm actually going for the day. So my day is going to be a very long day tomorrow. But like you would think that there'd be like some kind of high speed rail. Right. To, to be able to get from like the 
it's I live between DC and Baltimore and like, you know, it by car, theoretically, it's like three and a half hours. In practice, it <laughs> could be longer than that. But I mean, it just seems to me like, you know, like a, it shouldn't be too much to ask for like a 300 mile an hour, um, you know, shouldn't, you know, bullet train between the, some of the largest cities in the country. Like, and it's not right. like this is cross. I'm not going from New York to San Francisco, which would be a significant <laughs> uh, <laughs> amount of distance. But I mean, yeah. this is like, you know, cities on the East Coast are, you know, not that far apart. It just seems to me kind of ridiculous that it's 2000 or 20% through the 21st century. And, you know, the best that I could get is either an Amtrak train that goes like 80 miles an hour, yay, um, <laughs> or, you know, basically fly. And it was like, as I was looking through the travel options, I'm like, it's like, well, I can either spend the time drive, getting a car in and out of Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah or yeah. sitting on a train you know for that for the same amount i mean ultimately it's just yeah. kind of i mean it's it's a minor nit point nit point but like it's like you said like you know travel they say it's the journey not the destination i mean that I, in business travel that is so not true oh yeah <laughs> and especially the last i mean pre-covid for business they used to travel all over the country and i mean really for the first time in my life i was taking like two flights a month. I've never ever had to do that in my entire life. And suddenly I had to do this. And then until really, until that point, I never really got why people complained so much about airports and waiting. I'm like, what's the big deal? It's fun. You go out to the airport. And then I realized, okay, this is this is not fun. Like United calling you to say, you know what? The flight's canceled. I, no. I don't know what's going to happen. Right. We'll, we'll call you back. So it's like... Uh, I know it's not easy, but it's, yeah, as you said, um, flying is like the destination. Yeah, I would love for for me to be in a new place, enjoy that. But um, the flying part or the actual sitting in the flight part, that I can live without. Yeah. I saw a scene from, uh, I think it's Star Trek Picard, where he lives in he lives in France somewhere on a vineyard or whatever. And then, like, he has, like, you know, he has a speech in San Francisco and he just basically beams over. And then like his friend or whoever is like, you know, only you could be late in the age of transporters or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool, you know, yeah. to that. Super cool. So our next question, um, although did I steal that from you, Andy? No, it's you. All right. Share something. Um, different about yourself but remember we have uh, a nice little clean rating on itunes and all that so uh it's a family podcast well there goes my plan out the window but i'm gonna keep it clean um i can eat the same lunch for months and i have in the past and uh, it's not something i, I didn't do that to set a record it's just i like it so i don't i don't get bored easily be it food or clothes or activities whatever it is i'll outlast the next person so um yeah it's uh, <laughs> it's something something i uh, i do all right so here's a follow-up if you remember back all of the lunches that you've eaten the most which which lunch do you think you've had the most uh sweet greens salad mm. sweet green salad. specific 
Uh, there's a specific sweet green salad with uh, with a spicy cashew dressing. I think looking back, I loaded it up with so much cashew dressing that I I didn't think it was all that healthy. But I did eat the salad, so got to give me credit for that. I tried. It cancels each other out. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Like well, I mean, I'm eating salad for God's sake. What more do you want? Like I'm gonna load it up with cashews. So <laughs> there we go. It sounds healthy to me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not any kind of nutritionist or dietitian. Or Right. You know, I give you a thumbs up, especially because it sounds like it tasted really good. Spicy oh, yeah. cashew dressing. Oh, yeah. You got to try it. And it, it's, it's really, it makes you want to eat salad just for the, the dressing. Yeah. I got nice. you. So both Frank and I are married to, to women who love to cook. Thank God. And I don't know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if Roberta makes salad dressings, but Christy does. She does. And, she does. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been having homemade, you know, like one offs. It'll be a little bit different every time. And it's just every single time her team yeah. gets better. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, um, my wife made um, uh, like a peanut dressing, spicy peanut dressing to make like this kind of beef satay, satay thing. And it was just splendid. Like I used it as salad dressing, even though that was not its original <laughs> intent, but it was that good. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's not, I mean, salad is just like the first thing that I wanted to share. So something that I've also done is I've been on a binge where I went, I had this pita sandwich I really liked, loaded it up with French fries and all of the good stuff that you can think of. And that became a thing for months too. So it's not just, uh, okay. I've, 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 yeah. Not Respect. always as healthy not as always. salad. Okay, respect I though you. like i i i'm with you like sometimes you want to put the crunchy potato chips or the fries on ah. the salad and wrap it up i don't know if you've ever made your way to pittsburgh but that's uh -huh. like a thing in pittsburgh nice. uh, my in-laws are from pittsburgh um so like there, there's a sandwich shop called Promonti, mm -hmm. and if you're ever there they, that's what they do like they put like the chips and the fry like all on the it, it's good I mean, I don't eat carbs anymore, but if I if I were to go back to eating carbs, yeah. I, that's the first place I'd go. No, I think the only thing that made all this traveling worthwhile is I, I love food and I'll eat, I'll eat all of it. Whatever it is, I'll eat it. And uh, I got to eat at a variety of places in America. And that was a, my that was my first real experience, like going into, you know, like a city I've never been to and exploring like a really hearty meal. Um, yeah, that was uh, that made it <laughs> definitely made it worthwhile. It the variety is is pretty cool. I mean, just traveling around the U.S., like you said. Yeah. I, I remember my first trip to Chicago. I had a Chicago dog. Oh, those are good. <laughs> and it's got yeah. tomatoes, not ketchup, tomatoes on the hot dog. I was like, that nice. that's pretty cool. And they don't they don't stack things the way that they do around here on a hot dog. But very tasty stuff. I've also been to Pittsburgh, Frank, and they have some phenomenal cuisine. I mean, it's probably more there than I'll say this. Pittsburgh isn't as big as New York or Chicago, but I bet they've got the same amount of variety in their cuisine. I would say that's fair. I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Like the thing about New York is just there's so many people from so many different places living in the same yeah area like stuff just mixes like there's this one i've only there's only like two places in the world i've seen a jamaican beef patty that they put pepperoni and like mozzarella in it 
<laughs> Which I'm sure there's some purists right now just recoiling in horror. But let me tell you, <laughs> come at me when you've had that. That's right. Or like a niche or a knish, uh, which is like a, pa- a big potato thing with like pepperoni in it and like Italian spices and like gyro meat in it. Like you just don't find that anywhere else, you know. You I got to be careful because I am going to New York tomorrow. I'm I saying I'm getting hungry diet. right now. And you're setting yourself my... up. Yeah. I know. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Here comes Frank rolling back in the door. <laughs> later. Um, well, well, Frank's uh, you you've got um, you've been doing really well on your diet, by the way. Frank share Frank and I share. We both been doing better on our diets. It's unusual, not rare, but but I'd say about twenty percent of the time we're both going, uh, we're both losing weight at the same time. It's always a lot easier because then one person isn't worried about making the other feel bad, and right. I, I get over it really quickly, Frank. When you make me feel bad, just so you know, I don't hold it against. I, I looked at the thing. Obviously, um, the medicine. One of the medicines I'm on to keep breathing uh, yeah. is increase my appetite like ridiculously. But up until Monday, um, I was actually. Um, I was actually down 26 pounds for 2022. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So I'm proud of that. I'm sure I've lost some, uh, I've lost some of that ground back, but breathing is yeah. kind of important to living. So. It is. It, it definitely is. You made the right call. I'll just <laughs> say you can lose no. weight later, but if you stop right. breathing, that's if a stop breathing. I'll have, well, I'll either have no problems or quite a bunch of other. <laughs> no, you know, fun, funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, funny thing. My, um, Wife and I were expecting our first child in a couple of months. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, just so she doesn't feel left out, I've been stuffing and eating so that I match her weight gain. So we are doing the opposite of what uh, you, the two of you <laughs> are doing. So just... that's, that's, that's very chivalrous of you. Yeah, to you know. know to sacrifice and eat too much so take, that you take one for the team. When, yeah. when I when I eat all those fries and steak, and my wife doesn't think so. I, I, chivalrous <laughs> is not the first thing that came to her mind, but I'm gonna take chivalrous. I'm gonna tell her I talked to Frank and Andy, and they called me chivalrous for doing this. <laughs> that's that's, it? that's I'm taking that. Yeah, we just we want to be more like you as a result of hearing that. There you go. Yeah, tell her we said that. <laughs> oh, I certainly will. Now I have proof too. Um, well, uh, let's see. Our number seven question is: Where can people learn more about you and Pluto Shift and wonderful places you eat? And some of your TEDx talks, like are they, I'm sure they're on. Yeah, YouTube. yeah. Where can people learn more about those? Yeah. You can find you can um, visit uh, pratikj.com to uh, learn more about me, and I have listed my you know, books and talks, um, you know, TEDx talks and other uh, talks as well. And uh, you know, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, I'm active on those platforms. And uh, for Pluto Shift, uh, you know, visit plutoshift.com to learn more. And uh, also, I write a weekly newsletter on just uh, simplifying machine learning concepts and sharing my learning. So pratikjoshi.substack.com is where okay. you can subscribe. Cool. We'll definitely check I it out. I will do that. Yeah. Looking forward um, to that. Audible is a sponsor of ours. And... Um, do you do you have any are you into audiobooks or can you recommend an audio a book otherwise paper kindle uh or audio i'm a huge fan of books like reading writing whatever it is. I, I just love 
the fact that books exist exist in this world. So I'm going to recommend four, if that's okay. Oh, that'd be um, awesome. Fine, yeah, yeah. I, I do um, have to admit, I have a book problem, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, one, um, Influence. Uh, it's an amazing book on how persuasion just happens in different scenarios. So amazing book, and it's applicable to uh, in a variety of scenarios. So one, uh, two, uh, positioning. It's a book on how to position anything in someone's mind, right? You can you can list out all the specs of a product and people will forget. But if you say, oh, it's the iPhone of something, they'll remember that. They'll get it. They'll immediately understand what it is. If I tell you, oh, that city is like the Las Vegas of Asia, I don't need to tell you more. You know what it is. Work is done. So Sounds positioning like up. Yeah. <laughs> That's my cow. There we go. I didn't know how to tell you. Uh, number three, Liar's Poker. Um, I like this book mostly because of Michael Lewis. Just it's so much humor, and uh, he breaks down a, a complex topic like you know, trading bonds into something nice and tangible, and uh, it's really fun to read. So that, and the last one is the Anarchy. It's a fascinating account of uh, English East India Company and how they made their way into into India. Uh, again, more for the author for amazing research and very vivid stories. So, a little bit for uh, everyone in this list. Excellent. Cool. Well, you've inspired me to get um, to to get those books. Actually, all of them. Your enthusiasm for them. Um, and I, I just want to let people know that if you heard typing in the background, that was me testing the link. This is the first recording we've done in a couple of months. And you can get, uh, help out Data Driven. Uh, give us a little bit of sponsorship love from Audible. If you go to thedatadrivenbook.com and it'll take you right over to Audible, you get a free book uh, on us. Really, it's on Audible, but. You can accept it from us if you'd like. And if <laughs> you sign up, we get a little bit of uh, yeah, if you subscribe, we get a little bit of a, uh, money off that. And, you know, Frank uses that to pay for his time to design really cool stuff in our shop. Uh, Frank has right. lots of merchandise in our shop. Yeah, where how do how does one get to our shop, Frank? I just sprung this on if him. If you um it, it is there is a link. <laughs> I, I feel bad I should know this, but on the website, it's either says T-shirts or merch. You click on that okay. link, goes over to Amazon, uh, or you can just search Data Driven on um, on Amazon and will come up as a store. We have like five or six different types of shirts. Most of them are data themed. Like there's one, um, there's one uh, with this logo on it that if you if you've seen the Obey, um, yeah, uh, thing. And I realized that most people will be listening, not watching. So uh, I'll probably have to look at the show notes. My favorite, though, one that gets the most attention is Pip Install Donkeys. So, um, so for those who don't know, Dunkin' Donuts is an American donut chain. I think it's in a lot of other countries, too. But um, uh, somebody, I was talking to somebody who was in New England, and they were traveling, and they were lamenting they couldn't get Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. And I said, well, what if you just typed in Pip Install Donkeys? Because that's what the New Englanders called Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts. And then I was like, that, and somebody said, you should put that on a T-shirt. I'm like, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> and I, this actually happened the other day. So we're, we're talking about next, uh, the new house. And before we move in, maybe wiring it with Cat6. Because right now it's all coax and um, you know, old uh, telephone wires. 
and um and this one guy who who's a network engineer friend friend of ours and he's like oh yeah i just ripped coax out and he's like coax is for boomers and that hurts and i was like that's funny i was like that's funny that should be on a t-shirt and um Mm -hmm. so then i went over to canva designed it and then i posted it and uh, it was up like the same day. I got approved the same day, and he goes, "Wow, it's amazing that you found that." And I'm like, "Dude, I didn't find it, man. I made it." <laughs> Frank is the man. It's well, this has been a man. great show for Jake. Yes, it's been nice to chat with you. I love that. I'm hoping we can get the video up. We keep we actually registered datadriven TV. We can get the thinking, video. Up. Yeah. What's that? Can we get it up? I'll okay. Video up, or I can put it on datachannel.tv, which is very okay. much an active project of ours, which is a true kind of That's Disney true. Plus, but for data. Although, as Disney true. Plus is uh, subscriber numbers drop, I may want to come up with another analogy. Oh, um, yeah. uh, I may have to read that book you're telling me about. You're telling us about. <laughs> so right. uh, do some better positions. But yeah, so datachannel.tv um, is something that we we put together that kind of shows and the subscription. Um, I'll make sure the show notes has the discounts um, that we give to listeners and whatnot. I'm feeling generous, so maybe for Easter we'll have an Easter sale. I don't know. You but, know what's uh, really cool about uh, the data channel is that if it loads here, yeah, it's on my phone. This is on my Droid, and it's available in the iPhone Store, the Play Store, Roku. Roku. Yeah, Amazon, Amazon Fire TV. Fire. Yeah, it just anyway, it was a it was a really neat price. Frank is the one who fa- he finds all the cool stuff and he says, Hey, you think we should do this? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well so, awesome having you, Pratik. Yeah. Uh, thank you last, so much for having me. Any last um comments? I think the best aspect of the show is really you know the, Frank and Andy, uh, apart from the great conversation, it's the humor you infuse. Uh, honestly, I really love uh, what you have built here, and uh, thank you again so much for for having me. And uh, it was uh, it was really great. All right, thank you. Thanks for joining us, and I'll let the nice British lady end the show. Thanks for listening to Data Driven. We know you're busy, and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. But we have a favor to ask. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us, haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, Go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.